Welcome to the Science of Growth Podcast, where you'll be captivated by the fascinating world of personal development. Raymond Rivera shares dynamic insights, captivating personal accounts, and explorations into the halls of mental growth. Now sit back, brace yourself, and be transformed by the rewiring of your mind. Welcome to the Science of Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Rivera, MBA. Now, when you saw your neighbor in the frozen food aisle this past weekend and you were thinking about how many frozen dinners you were going to need this week, I know that you told your neighbor about this podcast. I know you did. So for our third episode of the Science of Growth podcast, I'm going to cover a topic I believe is vital for the survival of the dynamic personality. This is the person that is content but unsatisfied. It is for that person that is ridiculed by others for being too high strung too demanding, too laser-focused, and too pushy. Today I'm going to list in the circular continuum, that is, the laws of combat in the war for success. Now you decided to take the red pill by listening to this information, and we're going down the halls of mental growth together. But before we do a word from my company, RGF Leadership Development, LLC, we are producing the revival in leadership and shifting paradigms every single day. RGF Leadership Development is a premier personal and professional leadership development firm. Do you need a better leadership presence in your organization, a business turnaround, or success coaching for your personal or professional growth? RGF Leadership Development has the solutions you need to change the culture and shift the paradigm. Contact us today at rgfleadership.com and mention the science of growth for 50% off your service. Now back to the podcast. All right, so let's get to it. My thoughts are my thoughts. I'm not the spokesman for anyone else other than Raymond Rivera, my family, and my business. So remember, be wise when you listen to me, all right? Eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. So, today's episode, The Laws of Combat in the War for Success. I'm going to get very, very deep here. So, if you're not ready to investigate what growth looks like and what is required of you, then by all means, there are other podcasts that, you will, that will make you laugh that you can go listen to. Some will even make you cry and they'll give you a quick dopamine hit, the one that you need. All right? For the others, buckle up. In episode one, I discussed realizing paradigm, and I called it the sinister voice inside of you during a transformation, either individually or organizationally. And this week, I actually texted a leader I know who's a motivational speaker, and he said the word metamorphosis. And I want to build off that for a bit. What a great word to describe what we are talking about here on the Science of Growth podcast. I was reading Neville Goddard's book, Awakened Imagination about two months ago. And this reminded me of a part of the book that I think of when I mention transformation. I've read a lot through my years of research, but this was very profound and it impacted me in ways I can't describe right now. I quote, The mystic calls a change of consciousness death. By death he means not the destruction of imagination and the state with which it was fused, but the dissolution of their union. Think of consciousness in this context as multiple states of reality. Once again, think of consciousness in this context as multiple states of reality. 
multiple mindsets that create a perception of the world through which we interact. Last episode, I talked about what a mindset is. It's the lens through which you view the world. The imagination and the mindset become disconnected once a change or metamorphosis occurs. Think of these as micro-paradigms. Furthermore, when describing William Blake, Goddard says, He wrote in the year before he died, William Blake, who is very much delighted with being in good company, born 28th November 1757 in London, and has died several times since. As I've stated, the information we talk about here is not for the faint of heart. It's for that person that is ready to make a quantum leap. So some of what I say here won't be accepted. It's not going to be accepted, but it is required for the acceleration through the continuum. All right? This weekend, I just saw Oppenheimer, and I was intrigued by the movie, not only by the way it was created, but also by the storyline. Now, I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it yet, so I just want to say the, the creative cinema was awesome. And the person portrayed in the film, he was relentless. I spoke last episode about the relentless mindset. But he was relentless. His passion for his craft was a sight to see. But he also had a dark side. A secret life that a lot of the greats were unable to control. His thirst for personal accolades drove him. He was a narcissist and he ultimately paid for it. Yet he was able to lead the project from conception to realization in a short time frame. He was motivated by things we've mentioned in prior episodes, such as the rush of success. And when we saw Harry S. Truman also, he was also a relentless individual, a narcissist, and you can see in the movie when he wanted to take all the accolades for the decision that he made to drop the atom bomb. Now I'm well aware that the majority of people have not heard of nor investigated quantum physics or quantum mechanics, and you may not have any desire to do so either. But let me tell you that the atomic world operates differently. So we're going to get into that detail because it is important when we speak on manifestation. Yes, quantum mechanics is hard to understand. And for the purpose of this podcast, I'm not going to fully discuss it. But I am going to recall certain information for the purpose of driving home these concepts. With this in mind, I have a quick note. I often use mnemonic methods for memory recall when forming a concept or a theory. I think that's the most effective way to do it for myself. I've used it in my coaching and in my book, The Wall Within, and for me, it's one of the most helpful memory techniques I use, and it is applicable here, so we're going to use it in a few. First and foremost, the double slit experiment has been conducted multiple times in the 19th and the 20th centuries. So in the double slit experiment, it was very, very detailed on the atomic world. These physicists and scientists wanted to know what was going on behind the scenes. And if you're not aware of the quantum world, this is at the scale of atoms and molecules, not the scale of you and I. Now, just because we don't fully understand what is happening in the atomic world doesn't mean we shouldn't look into it. Throughout the years... Different interpretations of the double slit experiment have been produced, and in the circular continuum, there are two interpretations of it that are essential for understanding its effectiveness. So the first one is the many worlds interpretation. The second, the Copenhagen interpretation. But before I break these down, 
I want to say something. Look, we're, we're, we are human beings. And as such, we are made up of atoms. This is the same stuff that all things are made of. So this quantum world I mentioned is the world that exists inside of us. So here is a double slit experiment in summary. Electrons were projected through a barrier with one opening in it. When the particle went through the opening, it landed on the other side as a particle, forming a pattern just like the opening that it went through. However, when the barrier had a second opening added to it, the particle stopped acting like a particle. It went through the openings and became a wave, creating what's called an interference pattern that was detected on the wall. So when it went through the slits, it formed an interference pattern on the target or the detector that it was hitting. Now, when the scientists decided to observe what was going on, the particle actually decided to go through one opening again. And it was discovered that the act of observation made the particle choose an opening to go through. Now, obviously, the particle did not know, or it could not have known, we think, that it was being observed. But nonetheless, it chose to go through one opening. So the act of observation made the particle choose an opening to go through. I know it's, it's, this is very complex, but stick with me for a second. These experiments led to interpretations that helped solidify the philosophy that I mentioned to you today as a circular continuum. As I told you earlier, buckle up. This is not for the faint of heart. You are a proxy. Let me explain. Think of a substitute teacher or any representative currently working to attain a target. Now let's build this up a bit. I'm going as far to say that if you are presently desiring a change in attitude, that is, your current state, thoughts, feelings, and actions, you are thereby acting as a proxy to the desirable state you seek to have. It can be money, power, or any situation you want to be in. The current reality you are experiencing is as a proxy. Let me explain further. In the interpretation of the double slit experiment, both the Copenhagen interpretation and the many worlds interpretation contain important components I'm going to build upon right now. In the Copenhagen interpretation, it is the act of observation that locks in a position or possibility into reality. In contrast, in the many worlds interpretation, many different possibilities already exist simultaneously in different worlds. If you're a fan of Marvel Comics and you follow Doctor Strange, The Flash, and others, then you're going to know what I mean. They're all spin-offs of quantum theory. I'm going to simplify this for you. The reality that you are experiencing right now is not the only reality that exists. You are only experiencing your reality based on the overall paradigm you've lived in. So the reality that has been locked into place currently is the one you see by way of your conscious awareness. Now, Einstein had a popular quote, one of many. He said, We can't solve a problem while we're in the same level of thinking that created it. I'll say we can't experience a new reality stuck in the same average mindset that gave it its birth. First, you are a proxy in this reality, experiencing the level of self that you want to evolve out of. Let me say that again. 
You are a proxy in this reality, experiencing the level of self that you want to evolve out of. Said otherwise, you're the substitute for your higher self, which is currently experiencing the higher level that you want to attain. This said, your higher self is living in an alternate possibility, while your current self is the substitute you are acting as. Next, since every possibility that exists is happening simultaneously, and your conscious awareness is helping solidify or lock in that reality, you actually access these alternate realities through your imagination. Imagination is the power that allows you to access all possible outcomes, some negative, some positive. Yet, you're able to access every possible outcome through your imagination. I'm going to quote Neville Goddard. All happiness depends on the active, voluntary use of imagination to construct and inwardly affirm that we are what we want to be. We match ourselves to our ideals by constantly remembering our aim and identifying ourselves with it. We fuse with our aims by frequently occupying the feeling of our wish fulfilled. It is the frequency, the habitual occupancy, that is the secret of success. The oftener we do it, the more natural it is. Fancy assembles, continuous imagination fuses. I say the act of visualization, developing the habits of winning, and fine-tuning the imagination fuses the alternate possibility that already exists in a different world with your current one. Since there are infinite possibilities, some detrimental to your progress, controlling what you imagine and making the picture clear allows a nucleus to form and to fuse with it the resources necessary for your expansion. This is the science of growth. Not only is everything bound together through observation, but there must be an observer actively measuring what is happening in this world. If not, the particles in us would act as waves and we would all be scattered, would we not? Once again, the act of observation locks in everything so that everything is a reality in which we see it. So there must be an observer seeing everything through the eyes of everyone. Since we are all observing, we must all be participating simultaneously in the creation of reality as we see it, while simultaneously being held in place by an active observer, since we are all experiencing life at a high level here on Earth. You may have to play this back over again, but once you get it, this is life-changing. Now here's where the war comes into play. So we know by quantum mechanics, it is the act of observation that locks a possibility in place. However, another interpretation of the double slit experiment tells us that there are many possibilities, an infinite amount of possibilities, and that there is actually another version of you living in a reality that is in a different world. So what we are trying to do here is access the possibility that exists in which you are living the life you want to live. And we do this with the laws of combat in the war for success. So, once again, proxy. These laws are equally important for you as you navigate your paradigm shift. And here they are. P is paradigm is the devil. Now, this is not a religious thought, but it is analogous 
as the polar opposite of your future state. That sinister voice you hear is the devil. But not only is the devil in the details concerning your decisions to act, but it is the voice that discourages you from making any change that you want to make. The devil is that endless need to know the facts so much that it paralyzes you from taking action. It is the state of comfort that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. As I stated, this is not for the faint of heart. If you think your paradigm is okay, even though you want to change it, you're living in a fairy tale, as I mentioned before. You may not be entirely clear on what that alternate future state looks like, but you know something inside of you is not satisfied. The A-sort, thoughts, feelings, and actions, are the enemy. But if your awareness sees it any other way, you will struggle in your desire for extreme change. This is why I said in the beginning of this episode, this was not for normal people. It is for those people who want a quantum change, a quantum leap. R. Relentless is the state. I've talked at length in prior episodes about what it means to be relentless. I won't hash out every single one. If you want to know what I mean, please refer back to episode number two and some of episode number one. But I talk about what it means to be relentless in those prior episodes. Leading yourself towards attaining the feeling of winning is required. So relentless is the state. This is the R in proxy. Every thought and action you maintain must be passionate, unforgiving, and laser-focused on development so that you can reach that state of fusion that I spoke of earlier. O is for occupancy is the way. Think forward aggression. Momentum building for the offensive occupation of every detail that the alternate self experiences. In addition, full occupation of the subconscious mind by the attitudes of the B-sort is required. The offensive is never against another person, but against attaining the higher self and eliminating the occupation of paradigm. The pathway in your brain via neuroplasticity and metaphysical aspects must be forged with aggressive output of diligent possession of all things that your future state has. If it is material, your mindset must always be prepared for the violent attainment of the goal. There is no other way. No other way exists. As the halls of mental growth expose themselves to you, your navigation through the continuum is high velocity with focused vision. I have a question. Have you ever tasted defeat? If you're like me, you have. And that is good. Because I hope it was something that you never want to experience again. If you are facing it right now, good. Grab your self-confidence. Stand up and occupy the land in which the higher self occupies. If success keeps eluding you, aggressively occupy the land and claim it as rightfully yours. Make it a personal vendetta to never taste defeat again. Examination is the key. This is X in proxy. Examination is the key. Examine all the details. Prepare for the probable circumstances that will present themselves. Practice for permanence. 
dissect your thoughts, identify patterns, and go harder than you've ever gone before. Examine the results. What are the results you expect in the results that you go after? You are a proxy, but become the law in the land that you will occupy and be the key holder to the possibilities that you want. Through manifestation, examination is the key. And the last one, which is the why, is you are the head. There is no one else. It is you and it is only you. You are the head of the table and you define what success looks like. You must choose and you must decide to be the best of the best inside your mind. I've often mentioned that life is subjective and often ambiguous, meaning relative to the person experiencing it. Yet, there is still a belief, and that belief is sustained by the highest authority in the room. If you are not leading yourself before anything and anyone else, then you are being subjected to involuntary hypnosis. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Once again, it means the world to me. This is the end of this episode. Reflect on this content. And don't forget to be brilliant, be brief, be gone. Send me an email and we will speak soon. Have a good week.